0: the volume. Hey, it's the sessions presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts and more all month long, baby. And when you win, you get paid real fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play like the spread, money line, over unders, team totals, player props and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Such a cool feature. And you can combine multiple bets from the same game in a same game parlay to try out same game parlay plus. So download the FanDuel app today and start making every moment more. Disclaimer 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 gambler or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1 800 next step or text next step to 53342 for Arizona. 1 888 789 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1 800 9 with it for Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas. 1 877 770 stop for Louisiana. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York. 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Hey guys, welcome to the sessions. Today I am joined by one of my pals. I've not been able to hang out with her for some time, so I was super, super excited to be able to jump on this Zoom call with her and just catch up as two moms... Two wives having Nikki Bella on the show. Ton of fun. I think that you guys will enjoy this chat. We, of course, talk about being a mom, juggling all the things, getting into, uh, you know, her relationship with Artem, kind of breaking that uh, friend zone threshold, which apparently was quite magical. Um, and then, yeah, just talking a little wrestling stuff. We kind of dabble in many different areas during this conversation. I think that you guys are going to dig it. She's a fascinating woman. She works her absolute ass off um and legit like pumps me up and inspires me to do more she's one of those people after i've like hung out with her for a bit i'm like i'm not doing enough i need vision boards i need to start like manifesting some things and start like getting some shit happening because she is doing it all Um, all right guys here she is let's get into it this is nikki bella Nicole! Oh my god! I'm so excited to see you. You have like this glow happening, married woman, mother, entrepreneur, just like firing on all freaking cylinders. How are you doing? How are you feeling? Oh my goodness,
1: so good. Definitely on a high after the wedding special aired last night. It was really cool to share that with the world but then also watch it and Artem hadn't seen it yet so to watch it with him was also like really neat except when we had our big argument I felt like I was right so I kind of was like oh did you see that moment when you weren't letting me talk do you
0: mean when you guys were at like dinner
1: yes that was a massive build-up because Artem and I are very much um we're very passionate and we can be not great one day and the next day be like amazing and it's he's never been that way but I think being a twin Brie and I we will cut each other down one second and then next second we're like you want to go get a glass of wine so it's really hard on Brian and Artem
0: John and I can be like that sometimes too we're like we'll snap about something and then like a minute later it's like well what do you want to have for dinner okay fine whatever like you just like let things go how are you in terms of like a communicator where do you kind of fall on that scale
1: With Artem, he's always felt like um, I'm like too honest about things, but I feel like because of my past relationship, I held a lot in to be such a pleaser that when I got into this relationship, I was like, I'm just going to fully communicate how I feel. And it has made me very strong in the relationship where I think Artem at times is like, whoa, because I kind of fell into pattern of like, not that I was scarred from the past, but I was like, what I feel and what I want to do, I'm going to do it. So this is the life I want to live. And if this is how my soul is feeling, I'm doing it. So where I had to learn to re-communicate was, no, now I share a life with this man and a child. So I need to kind of learn the word compromise and communicate more in that way. And that, that was really tough. And I feel Artem holds a lot in In his culture. They don't talk about it I feel like
0: that's dudes in general. Like, guys are always kind of like that. But I'm sure, you know, culturally, that probably plays a role as well. But I'm like that with John. I got to pull teeth sometimes. I'm like, oh, my God.
1: Oh, totally. And I, I even, we were in couples therapy for a bit. And even then, I feel like they were trying to pull from Artem. Now, he would definitely be more open
0: yeah. in those
1: situations. And I'd be like, oh, wow. <laughs>
0: So that is it's so funny. We have never done couples therapy, but like like how does that go in terms of like are you saying things in that group setting that you might not say to each other in person? Like I always kind of wonder what like because you have a mediator now to be like pick me. I've I'm obviously the one that's right here. How does that go? Oh, yeah, I think
1: especially for the men, they say things that they may not generally say. But I like it because the mediator, the therapist totally brings things out of you. But what's great is when you start to argue or you disagree, she makes you see each other's point of views. And this is where I'm like, okay, therapy is super healthy, even if you don't have the biggest issues to get in there even every few months. And like, yeah, again, is great. My life coach, she helped Artem and I for a bit, but she helps me a lot. I mean, in every aspect of my life. But she was like, do weekly check-ins. She's like
0: once a week. With each other? You and Artem do weekly check-ins? Yeah. Yeah. And let it be
1: like an hour of you get to say whatever it is you want, both of you. But what's on your mind? How are you feeling? Good or bad? And I have to say that helps a lot. It's just kind of like, hey, this really bothered me this past week. I didn't say anything, but I didn't like how you handled this situation. Or, hey, like you were an all-star dad. And I don't know if I gave you enough props for it, but like you were incredible.
0: I feel like that's so important to do because we all get so busy. We all have a million things going on that it's really easy to just like brush things under the rug, especially when it's little things. Now, all of a sudden, these little things have turned into these giant dirt piles underneath this rug. It's smart to just kind of like check in and like have that awareness to keep the relationship healthy.
1: Totally. Like, when I look back at a lot of my past relationships, but like, if I was only more honest with myself and my partner, things could have been different or maybe there wouldn't have been as much heartache or maybe the road would have been different. But I do believe we all have a specific journey that we're on and like my journey led me here. And I'm beyond grateful for like my life. I look at my son, I look at my husband, I look at our home and where we live, like all of it, all the work I'm doing. I'm like, this is where it brought me. But with looking at art and being like, you are the rest of my life. I just know that like, okay, I have to be honest about these things and speak it's So we stay super healthy and passionate because sex is super important for me. <laughs> no, you don't say. I know, right? <laughs> and Artem and I have the best sex life. And I, I told him, I'm like, I never want that to change. So I don't ever want us to like resent each other. Like makeup sex is great. But like.
0: Sure. Did wait, did sex change for you guys after having Mateo? Like, how did that change? It's
1: like tired sex. You know, <laughs> you to get like amped up. <laughs> What was weird was like six weeks after Mateo, I got crazy horny. He's like, aren't you supposed to wait? And I was like, rip my clothes off now. And Bree's like, this is not normal. But then that was like only for like a few weeks. And then it's just it's tired sex. Yeah, we have. It's a (laughs) lot of the same positions. It's not it's not long all the time. We get the job done, we both get off, and then we're like, let's go to bed.
0: It's so funny when that, like, switch kind of happens, because, yeah, it's kind of like, it's not just, like, going through the motions of doing it, but you're like, "Ah, all right, let's hit it, let's move on to the next. It's like, it's not checking the box of the day, but it's kind of like, okay, cool, we did that thing, we got to connect, but now, like, I either need to take a nap, or I have, like, this giant laundry list of things that I need to do, and I'm trying not to think about those while we're having sex. That's so funny.
1: Artem and I, I feel like a lot of our sex is during Mateo's nap time. Like when nighttime comes around majority of the time, like and we had some wine, we are done. We want to to Love Island UK and just get to bed. <laughs> but yeah. We both, after we had sex, we were like, oh gosh, we got so tired. I think it was like Super Bowl week was insane. All this stuff. And it was just like finally getting that orgasm and being in bed with him. And I was like, He was about to wake up. Let's just get the Red Bull out. Let's get coffee.
0: (laughs) Time to kick out. We got shit to do. So great. It's so fun for me. To hear you say with my husband and my son, because I've not even been able to see you in person since all of these things have happened from you having Mateo to even like your and Artem's relationship for the most part. Like I've not seen you a ton during that. So it's really fun. And like watching, watching Nikki Bella as I do like John and I were watching the finale last night. And yes, like seeing you as a mom. It's so cool. How has being a mom changed things for you? So
1: much. And I, and I know you feel the exact same. It's crazy because when Mateo came into my life, you always hear about the love and you can't explain it, but it is crazy. Like Mateo came out and instantly my life changed forever. My perception on everything, like you realize so much does not matter in life. Like what we would Stress about or get anxiety about or hold on to. When Mateo came around, it was like everything changed my purpose, my perspective, whether it was my career or how I was living life. And then that love. And he's a huge mama's boy. He loves loves his daddy, but he is all about mama. And Mateo and I had quite a journey when he was born. That's right. You got thrown in the deep end. Six weeks after we were in Phoenix and uh, Artem had to leave to Dancing with the Stars. And then I was like, okay, well, we'll join you like after eight weeks. Now we're still at the height of the pandemic. So I already felt very much alone in the pregnancy as far as like, Artem, couldn't go to doctor's appointments or any of that? Thank God I had Bree. And then I remember driving across the desert with Mateo at eight weeks old to LA to get there. And then Artem, his whole dance, like everyone he was dancing with all tested positive for COVID. So like Artem had to vacate the home. They had to clean it. I was alone again in LA for a little bit. And then we were moving to Napa, but I was heading there before Artem was done the season. So Mateo and I then went to
0: Napa. This was all like driving. Did you have anybody else in the car with you or was it just you and Mateo? Because driving with a baby for the first time is terrifying. Terrifying. And Mateo
1: was not crazy about it, but I'm going through the desert like 120 degrees. I would have to nurse him on the side of the road because I didn't trust public restrooms at the time. I'd pee in bottles. It was just I just remember being like so tested as a mom, but even as like my career's grown, any job that I take, it's always like, how does my son fit into this comfortably? And he doesn't and I don't take it. And so everything's worked out amazing. But he's just has changed everything. I thought I would be hustling and doing, you know, wanting to do all these other things. And I want to take him to school. I want to pick him up. I want to be there for all the first. Um, I love being like a hands-on mom. And it's been Amazing and it's tough. Like I get when they say it's the toughest job, but the most rewarding because I'm effing tired.
0: So did you have to like grow in to figuring out making that time for things? Because I feel like we're similar in the sense of like you have a million different things going on and we're busy and we're working and we have st- we you know you strive to have the careers that luckily we're able to to have and you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. Then you have the baby and then there's sort of that moment of like. Your, your priorities completely shift and you need to like rejig your schedule. Did it take you a second to kind of like figure out what that new pattern was? Oh,
1: my gosh. Totally. I think that was the one thing I was grateful for about the pandemic is uh, it forced me to sit still for a second when certain companies were either at a pause or closed down. And when I had Mateo and and knew like how life changing that was. I just realized that I had to start saying no to things, even though it was hard, because I love being known as this entrepreneur, as this TV host, as this podcaster, YouTuber, the list kept going on. But what I realized is one thing I started to care about the most was being an all-star mom. So what did I have to let go of, even if it was hard? And this is where my life coach helped me tremendously. But I knew I had to step away from Nicole and Breezy because I, I couldn't give my full focus to that company, even though I was obsessed with our hair product because I just was in other things I was more passionate about. Um, Why we haven't relaunched Birdie B? There were just things that I had to start to step away from and then opportunities that came my way that I had to say no to. Because I just realized, okay, with 24 hours in a day, and if I was to break this down to be great at these few things, then I knew I had to let go of other things.
0: Did you ever get, I guess, I don't know if like resentful is the word, because I feel like I almost get like resentful towards myself. I'm like, why did you pack your schedule so full? Now I feel like I'm almost not doing everything to the full capability that I should be doing them. And it it makes me like almost a little bit mad. Like I find my like mood shifting a little bit, which is tricky for everybody else around me. <laughs> Oh my gosh, totally. Well, everyone had been
1: asking like, why haven't the Bella Twins been posting on YouTube? That was the first thing that Brie and I finally had to pause because – what we do is WWE would send out the crew about, I think once a month or twice a month. And we do like morning till night filming to get enough footage for the month. And just that alone started to become exhausting. And Bree and I were like, we're not happy when we're done with it. We're not happy during it. Why are we doing it right now? Like it doesn't fit in the schedule. How to take that out? Because that shifted major moods and made us very grumpy. And then there was like other things where I was like, if if I feel like I'm getting like super grumpy it has to go. And it was hard to like, let go of some things, but I feel you on that. I just was like, I have no energy for this. I've been into so much energy work. So I've been working hard in the past few years of really trying to listen to my body and that my body, which is my soul and myself is trying to tell me how I feel about things. So if I instantly went into a meeting or zoom, and it was with one of my companies or another situation something potentially about to happen. And if my body shifted, I was like, I'm done. I'm not doing it.
0: That's really smart. Yeah.
1: Cause your body's telling you,
0: you know, deep down, your like genetic makeup is like,
1: Nope. Think of some of the things that either didn't work out or you wish you never did. If you go back and think of your feeling before signing that contract or accepting that job, how did you feel? I remember every single one. I never felt great. And I felt like I was making my agent happy or my team happy. Bree and I will talk about this all the time. And I'm like, there's one even specific contract signing I had. And we both looked at each other and we're like, we don't know if this is right. A few years later, in a massive lawsuit cost me a lot of money. It was like my body was telling me. So now I listen to my body so much.
0: Okay. So you've mentioned having a life coach having therapists, uh, working on energy, where do you like acquire these things, especially like a life coach? I feel like that's a term that I hear. I have no idea where you even find a life coach. How do you find someone that you trust to coach you through life?
1: Let me think. How did, how was Carrie referred to me? Um. Oh, a friend, like someone close enough to me who saw that I was internally having a battle and was like, I don't think you're talking about things. And I know you and I've known you for a long time. And I think there's a major struggle happening inside you. You need help. And it wasn't like therapy help. It was like, you need life coach help. And so this person introduced me to this woman and I started to meet with her and she was very life changing for me. She pulled things out of me that a therapist never could. Bree never could. Do
0: you guys do it together? You and Bree go to all the most of these things together or no?
1: I started individually and then I brought Bree in to meet with Carrie. She started individually. And then what's great is because all our business, majority of our businesses are together. Bree and I once a month do it together. So we do our own once or twice a month. And then once a month we do it together. Bree and I are very different. As you know, you're very much like a Bree and I'm this, this bougie bitch over here. So we've had to learn how to really respect each other in business and respect our own values and differences, but how we can continue to build this empire. She's been so helpful with that. So she just kind of came into my life and I now can never not have her like she is. I will give up all wardrobe costs and never shop online again just to make sure I could pay for my life coach.
0: The NBA season is heating up and now is a perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000, that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash Renee. That's Fanduel.com slash Renee, R-E-N-E-E, to learn more. And if you're in Massachusetts, get ready because Fanduel is coming soon. Make sure you check out Fanduel.com slash Mass and take advantage of their great pre-live offers. Make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at fanduel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com RG for Colorado, Iowa, Minneapolis, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana, visit ksgamblinghelp.com for Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana, visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org for Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York, one 800 4700 for Wyoming or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia. Okay, talk to me about Artem because I don't really know Artem. I know Artem through your social media. I know him obviously from watching Nikki Bella as I do. Why was the connection with Artem so strong for you guys to seek out this beautiful life together?
1: Artem was just such a soul connection. It was like trying to fight energy. When I had met Artem, there was instant chemistry and in that soul energy, but not in for me, not in a romantic way at all. But I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm like becoming such good friends with this guy. I never thought I'd be good friends with like a Russian ballroom dancer. Like what do we have in common? We are not only raised so differently, but just how we both live life is so different. Like arms more in your breeze side okay, of things, okay. not me <laughs> at all. So it was we just had this amazing instant connection. Now, what was crazy is everyone else around us saw all this chemistry and stuff. And I don't know if I was just so terrified to dance every week. I did not see what everyone else was seeing. Like I knew I I had this this amazing energy with this person who I was like, you're gonna be my BFF for life. That's literally how I would treat him. That's how like I felt about him was like this BFF. And then when I went through everything I did in my past relationship and the breakup, and I remember when Artem reached out and we went, um, even on our first few dates, it was like just magic. Like, I don't, it, It was. it's hard to explain. And I do remember even when Dancing with the Stars ended, I would always think about Artem. We would check up on each other because he went straight on tour. I never saw him, but we'd like check up on each other. We would chat every now and then. So then when we had these dates, my eyes couldn't stop sparkling.
0: So it did not feel friend zone-ish to like break out of that. Like, oh, we're best friends for forever. But how like now it's a romantic setting.
1: We did a farmer's market thing and that was like fun and it, it was flirty. But it was when we were sitting down and like staring at each other's eyes and he's like, how's life? And. And I got so shy and I was like, hey, like, yeah, whatever. Like, you know, I just (laughs) I it was really it was weird, the shift. And then I just butterflies and like I was like, oh, my God, why am I finding him so hot? (laughs) Don't find him hot. Who cares? Artem, like you don't like him. And then. It was, I remember I was um, leaving his house and he just like grabbed me and put me up against the wall and like laid this kiss on me. Cause I think there was so much buildup for so long. It was just a kiss, but it felt like I just like had the best making love session ever. I, I know people will probably, I wrote this, but what I did realize is like Artem was totally heaven sent to me. He came into my life exactly when he needed to. And he came in for a reason. Um, Cause you know, I was originally supposed to do dancing with the stars when I came back with my neck injury at SummerSlam, dancing with the Stars was trying to give me that season. And I was going to dance with Derek Huss. And I remember sitting and talking with Vince in the office. And I, I was just telling Vince, like, I want my comeback to be in the ring. I'll do both. But I won't choose dancing over wrestling. I want to wrestle. And so Vince was just like Chris Jericho said it was really hard doing both. So you just have to make that decision. I was like, OK, I'm going to wrestle. I'm not going to do Dancing with Stars. Like, didn't care because I was just wanting to get back in that ring. And all that happened because the Eva Marie stuff's so quick, but then the opportunity came back and like, look, then I was with Artem. So I just feel like, you know, that's your journey and things are meant to be. And then it just happened really fast for Artem and I, I literally got pregnant 11 months into. Oh my gosh. That's wild. And I would try to break up with him. Like I was so confused. And I even like sat him down. And I was like, this is when I was like always so honest. And I was like, look, I'm not healed from my past relationship. I'm still struggling and dealing with things. Like, if you want to deal with a girl that's on a roller coaster ride of emotions, feel free. If you don't, I don't blame you. Run from me. I was still going on my own journey. And he just was there all the time and through bad times and good times. And and then now here we are. And he's Literally, Renee, when you meet him, he's the sweetest man in the world. Like everyone says it when they meet him. They're like, he's so sweet. And he has this aura about him. He's very calming. And everyone will say that to me, too. Like strangers. They'll be like, he's so calming. (laughs) He's exactly what I needed. He's calmed me in so many ways and has shown me like how to relax in life and enjoy the little things. He's a very, very simple man not bougie at all.
0: (laughs) Does he struggle with some of the bouginess? beyond? Oh my gosh. Worse
1: than Brian does. They're about equal and they'll have these conversations. And, um, at times I feel like Artem's more because what the gifts Brian gets Brie and I'll be like, Artem, did you see what Brian got Brie for our birthday? (laughs) 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 Brian's a really good gift giver. Brian is like insanely thoughtful and he'll spend like money. But like Brian is the ultimate at gift giving. And is very cute. His is very simple. And I laugh because it's like, he'll hear me say something. It's always either diamonds or Opus One, I feel like, because he's like, God, what she talks about <laughs> when he does give me a gift. It's like that, but he's, he's very, he's frugal. Even we have the same business manager and they're like, Arden might need to spend a little bit more money, you know, for taxes. He likes to invest his money, but he sends money home. He just doesn't like to spend it.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, fair enough. John's like that, too. John, like John does not like he likes to tighten those purse strings. I'm like, let's get this. And what about this? Like right now, like our kitchen's being renovated, our bathroom's being renovated. It's like one thing he wants to, like, gouge my eyeballs out, I'm sure. Um, Okay, so you guys were obviously raised very differently. You mentioned some of the cultural differences between you and Artem. How does that play in when raising a baby together?
1: It's probably some of our biggest arguments.
0: I realize we both, though,
1: are very much helicopter parents. So um, it's funny because we'll hear some comments of like, oh, they're so first time parents. I'm like, I'm not going to go let my kid run around the block. He's two and a half. So sorry. Yeah, I'm going to be right there all the time. He's going to hate me at a certain age and then he'll be grateful for me at a certain age. But I will be by his side, you know, till my, my, the end of my time. But, um, we have differences. It's weird because I feel like we believe in a lot of the same things as far as how we are with Mateo, but then we will get in these arguments. I'm trying to think of some where we will just be very stern, like Mateo's in speech therapy. And so it'll be like, we hear different things. Um, but we've had a few, I feel like those are most arguments. Artem's more protective in the way of like. I'm more about toughening him up in certain things. He's such a graceful human being and just calm and peaceful. We lived very different lives in that way. He and his family never argued. There was never abuse. He didn't fight growing up. He danced. I grew up in a very different home where there were drugs and abuse and like also love. But we handled things very differently. I was disciplined in a very different way. Artem was never disciplined and not that i don't believe in disciplining how that was at all like i'm raising my son the exact opposite but i just grip so differently like when i'd have things they'd be more aggressive or with fighting artem never once never so um i just want my son to be prepared because mateo is exactly like his dad he's the sweetest boy to where i've even seen at times on the playground i'm like Walk away, Artem's like I got it because he's the one who kind of gets bullied or like, boys taken away or hit down to the ground, and and he'll just look and not understand it and like lets them do it. Where I'm like, go get him yeah. like <laughs> grab it, and Artem's like, you just go, and I'm like, oh no, I'm like want him to like stick up for himself. But I was like, I told Artem like when it comes that time, I am teaching him how to stick up for himself. I want him to always stay sweet boy, but I want him to be prepared. So, you know, having
0: a kid like it's always something I mean, you know, we've done a million different be a star rallies and we've you know, we've talked about anti-bullying so many different times. But now when you have a kid to imagine somebody treating your kid that way or your kid being the kid, they can't speak up for themselves or oh, my God, like I just can't handle it. It shatters my heart. Um, Okay, so Nikki Bella says I do great show. Loved it. You guys are like the queens of reality television. From bringing in Total Divas, Total Bellas, the show you just did. What makes reality television successful? Because you guys, I feel like you've really unlocked that secret code. Because I feel like everything you guys do, there's like this authenticity and so much truth behind everything you guys do. And you guys are such open books, which I applaud you guys for, because that is hard to do. How do you guys juggle it? I definitely
1: feel that you totally have to have a niche for reality TV. Reality TV is not for everyone.
0: It's not for me. It was hard for me. I was like this. I, I, it's funny because I think so many people are like, I could do reality TV. I'd be great for reality TV that I'm doing it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not good for this. It's so true. <laughs> like you, you saw that. And we saw that
1: with a few total divas um, and even beyond that other people I know in other shows, like they're like, how do you do it? And I think you're either... Born with it or you're not. As far as it being yourself and letting things happen in front of the camera, and so I think that's one of the things Brie and I found our niche in. Like, okay, we're not movie stars. We're not this. We're reality. We are born to be reality stars, and we had always hear that when we were young. And then our friends would always say this, even when we started wrestling and being on TV. And how we are on our off days, they're like, "Don't shouldn't you like put makeup on? Like, we want to take photos with you on the streets, or shouldn't you do this?" Bruna and I just never gave a shit, <laughs> and I think that's what makes us good reality stars: is we don't like we're not always strict about our weight, we're not always strict about what we eat. We like to go have fun. We don't care at times how we look, and I think that translates well on reality TV because we don't hide anything. We're fully open books: the good, the bad, the ugly, and people really relate to that. I also feel like. When you have some of these famous families like the Kardashians and a few of the other ones that live life so large, it was like people were just craving having people to relate to in a home that's relatable or at least goals like, oh, I could end up getting a house like Nikki's. I could just, you know, get this great job for a few years and I could be where she's at. And I think also with bodies and how we look, I I feel like the world at that point was just craving people being authentic and organic and not having these unrealistic goals, whether it was body or career or life goals. Like they just wanted to sit on the couch and connect with someone. And especially in a world where we tend to be more alone because we have social media and we have apps and we have all these things where we connect with people through a phone or through a computer, but um, we're kind of losing that human touch. And so I think what sitting on the couch, people just needed to connect with realness. And Brie and I have always just stayed real in who we are. That's why Divas Towards the End got hard on us because we saw how fake it became. And I I couldn't be a part of it anymore.
0: It really was like a glaring difference of like seeing the way Total Divas Came together and like what it originated as to what it grew to, et cetera, et cetera. So then you guys start doing Total Bellas. And it was like, that's when it was really like, a oh, there it is. Like, that's the show. And I don't know if it's like, I mean, your family's also great as well. And there's like that trust where I think with Total Divas too is a lot of like, is this actually happening or like what it was just a really funky little like spot to be in where I think with what you guys were able to do with total divas and with Nikki Bella says, I do, it's like you guys just were able to, to be like kind of safe with each other and know what the boundaries were. Exactly.
1: And that's like the plus of being a twin and why I've been able to grow such an incredible brand with Brie is we could look at each other. And we know we have each other's backs or we could read a certain situation we do it all the time. We just give each other a look and like, I can know exactly what <laughs> or when a deal's about to happen or her thoughts on it or whatever situation we're in, even at school. I'm like, she I'm like Oh shit, something happened. But I find out the tea on that. Um, and I'm blessed to have that. I couldn't imagine life any other way. And it's helped with my success. You know, it's funny because people always say like, Especially, it's more the wrestling industry, and it's that ten percent. Because, as you know, I'm the most hated person on the internet, the most. It's so wild to me.
0: <laughs> we all get our fair share, but yeah, yeah,
1: I think I get I get the gold tr- or the tr- <laughs> that one. Yeah,
0: <laughs> you get the lion share. Um, yeah, which has become such
1: a joke in our family. But um, they always want to give men the credit of where you where you get to. It's always a man. I want to be like, no, it's the bitch that I shared the womb with. And I've grown with. Without her, I wouldn't be as successful as I am. It's always grosses me out. And this is women, right? Like women, all of our stuff gets taken away whenever we're with a really great guy. I'm a great woman. That's why I got a great guy. Like honestly, it helps them more. I could name all of us that helped elevated our men in so many ways. But, you know, that's women in every industry. I've had so many incredible conversations with women that in these high, powerful jobs on camera, off camera, we all say the same. Everyone deals with it in all different industries.
0: It's so crazy. You always think that we're making these like leaps and bounds. But like, it is crazy the things that we still deal with on like a daily basis. You you know, you wouldn't be where you were if you weren't married to so-and-so. You wouldn't have this opportunity. Dah, dah, dah. It's like, I've been hustling for a long ass time. This did not just land in my lap. Right. And
1: you don't get as far as we do without being talented or great at what we do. And- I don't don't know when that perception will change. Um, Hopefully one day, I think it's going to take just how people raise their kids, um, really changing that because the stuff I still hear, it's just mind blowing to me. If you speak up as a woman, you're an automatic villain or you're looked at as complaining or it's not good enough or it's always been directed back towards you. It's like it's one of my purposes so I'll never shut up and I'm like I'm just going to I have such thick skin now that I'm just like I'll I'll keep talking keep doing me
0: okay so that being said after raw 30 you guys had that video come out do you guys think that you well I know I know what you're what you're going to say about this I think to a degree but like you guys don't get the credit that you deserve for what you've been able to do for women's wrestling from being in the ring to our perception outside the ring. I do think that you get the credit from the girls that know, that saw the work that you did. I think, like, we all know. But I think in terms of what is projected, in terms of what you guys did, you guys do not nearly get the credit that you deserve. What is that about?
1: I remember one time Triple H saying, um, perception is reality in this business, and we could perceive people however we want. And I think that's what's happened to Brie and I. At that time, they made people believe so much that like Brie and I only cared about reality TV. We were only there because of our men, because they were super cool and doing amazing things as well. Like, I think when we were in the run and and I know AJ spoke about in her book and I think she's had has regretted a lot because that could have been a time where we could have empowered women even more and like created more change. Um, That was still a fight. And that locker room was really difficult. And a lot of women could speak about that. And I think that was the time when I saw so many women with their heads down that I was like, oh, I'm going to fight real hard for this. I didn't have to come back with reality cameras. I already had them with E. But I chose to come back to make sure that we showcased women's wrestling because I thought what women were doing was so badass and they weren't being appreciated for it. Honestly, Total Divas should have been praised even more what I felt because what we were doing was insane. We literally were at the point of almost beating the Kardashians in ratings. We were shaking the world up and like, what a great time. We could have had the industry behind us, but instead they used it to turn it against us. And that was like really shocking to me because I was like, but wait, we're we're making great change for women's wrestling. Why are you hating on it?
0: What do you think that was about? Was it about moving eyes to the reality show instead of just the wrestling? Was it that like women's wrestling was changing at the time and they really still wanted to coin you guys as divas? Like, what do you think that opinion was? Yeah, I think
1: a lot on like a few, like as far as the boss, I felt like it was the first time he lost control of what he can make and not make. Because when Brie and I won Diva the year, we got in trouble and I got yelled at. And I remember being like, like we came back so happy and it was like, oh, because you have you brought in all these new viewers and the women are now voting for you. And all these new women are here. Your job must have been on the floor. What? On the floor. Everyone around was on the floor like the Bella Twins are getting yelled at for being successful. Like because it wasn't what they wanted because they would they were the storytellers. They push who they want the crowd to be behind. Just perception is reality. That is WWE to a T even though the the fans think they own it. No, they laugh in the back. No, we own you at the end of the day. So I truly believe total divas was the first thing they couldn't control. They couldn't control the success. They couldn't control what mainstream was. They, there was no control. So that was hard on one side because they lost that. And then I think everyone backstage truly thought we were going to fail I don't like to use the word envy or jealousy, but I think there was a bit and we all kind of get that.
0: There's a really funny feeling, I think, sometimes of like, yeah, I don't know if it's a fear or an envy or what it is, but it's almost like when you're in and you're working, you're on the road, you're doing all these things. You kind of think that that's the cap, but everybody knows we want to go off and do movies. You want to go do this. You want to do X, Y and Z. But there's always sort of that big question mark of like, well, you're not actually going to be able to make it. And then you do. Yeah. And that brought in a lot of hate. That like within
1: um, people in the back, some people were super supportive and then there were some that were hate and then some got the mic and they just really expressed it. And it gave me great fire and it made for great story. But I wish that like, people wouldn't have believed it beyond that. But it was also sad for me because to slut shame or um, tear women down. I, I was not for that. I remember when I had to cut a promo on Kong before Brie and I had left for 11 months and I just remember feeling like shit. And I went with what they said on paper. It was so wrong. And and I talked to Kia before, but like we, Kia and I even talked after. It just didn't feel good. And I didn't like it. I was like, I don't want cheap pops from the crowd anymore. And especially if it's not approved by the woman. I could have said a lot more stuff on the mic to get these greater reactions. It was never worth it to me because at the end of the day, I was like, we're still telling stories. And that's kind of how I left the rest of my career. But then the some of the stuff that would be said to me on a hot mic with, you know, not even realizing. I just remember being inside, like just disappointed of like, OK, we just took five steps back out of like just tearing these barriers down, breaking them, which we still shattered them. But it just took even more work. And then I just have to live with this hate in this industry. And it's hard on me because I love I love wrestling, but I will just have to carry this cloud of hate with me.
0: For people that don't understand, like having those cameras on you all the time, you've got a mic pack that's burning through your bra, like you've got all these things that are happening and then just feeling this, this negative energy from everybody. Was that hard to go to work during that? So in the beginning, it was
1: hard. And then I was like, you know what? You can woman up and you can make this something. And I remember one day looking at my ex and go, I'm going to war and I'm going to pack up. I'm going to suit up. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to win this thing. And I just got this fire. And I think that's what really helped create Fearless Nikki is even whether it was filming a scene or just walking in to go to catering. I was like, I'm going to just, you know, own the place, not be affected. And if I give myself this energy and this feeling, I'll be unbothered. I'm going to live rent free in everyone's head. And I'm just going to do my thing. And it really helped me. It, and it helped me conquer a lot. Like, I just took that fire and I rose up like a phoenix and I was like, here we go.
0: So that being said, you were having some fucking kick ass matches like and again, giving you the credit that you deserve because you and Brie go out there and have these amazing matches. You guys are incredible athletes. And I think probably when that fire is connecting with that athletic side of you, you were really having some like incredible matches. Was that kind of two things coming together at once for you? Totally. And you know what it was
1: as well? Not
0: that I was like, no more
1: Mrs. Nice girl, because that I was, you know, still kind to people. But I was like, you know what? I'm done being passive in that way, because when we were at FCW, no cameras were around. We were doing kick ass matches. And when I came up on the road, it was like, can't do this. Can't do that. Can't do that. Oh, just go out there. Um, let them like throw you around. Make sure pull hair, slap, but and I listened, and I listened all the time. And I should have fought for myself. I should have fought on everything I learned as an athlete, as a professional wrestler. And I should went out there and showcased, and I did it. So when that fire came about, I was like, no one's telling me no anymore. They don't want to do my uh, move that I just learned, or the sequence that I think looks really badass. They don't want to treat me like I'm a powerful woman. Well then. Get in line, I'll, I'll fight someone else tonight. Like, we're just gonna go out there and do it. And I feel like with that fire and then just going out there, it created a whole different person that I wish I was, but I had to learn a lot. And now I take that even into what I do now. It's like the whole apologize later is such a good thing to go into because it lets you be you, what you have in here. And it took me to get all that fire to finally go out there and be that person.
0: Being away from wrestling, the amount that you have now, do you miss it? Is there, is there stuff that you're still watching or keeping up on? Or are you kind of removed from it at this point? I miss it a lot.
1: Every time I go do cardio and I like I put on my music, I'm like thinking storylines. I'm cutting. Like, do I ever stop cutting promos? I'm like <laughs> it's like we're playing flag football this week, and I started like cutting promos. I'm like, whoa! he's coming out. I'm like, shoot! It's like I just have so
0: much fun with it. And by the way, that field goal you kicked was fucking great. <laughs> it was. I was like, oh, look at you go, A soccer player coming in hot. I put. So much
1: pressure on myself within that five minutes. Bree's like, dang, girl, this is for fun. And I'm like, I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> but I miss it. I miss it so much. And I watch um, every now and then, and it's only the women's stuff. But it's like I'll watch certain matches and I'm like, oh, that'd be so fun to be a part of or when I hear them cutting promos. And, and I think what the women are doing there is great. That's why they need more opportunity. When I was on SmackDown, every storyline I did had nothing to do with the championship. And we had great stories. But yeah, I wish I could be back. I would love to go back to do things, but it's just different when you're a mom.
0: Okay, let's talk about Barmageddon really quick, because you stepped in as host of The Century. How much fun was it doing this show and stepping into that like real host gig?
1: I loved it. Every second, the moment I met Blake and Carson via Zoom, We all had instant chemistry. We clicked. And I was like, I really hope I get this. And then just being on set, their team is amazing. Whole production, director, producer, um, writers. And I just loved it. I feel at home. Like my first episode, and I didn't have any
0: training, it was Gwen Stefani and Sheryl Crow. I'm like, oh, no big deal. I didn't even realize I have on my Gwen Stefani shirt right now. You got to hang out with Gwen and Sheryl Crow. I mean, icons. Icons. And to like
1: be my first episode of host too. I was like, damn it. Like this is like, I have to look them in the eye. I would shit. Oh yeah. But I realized I was like, oh my gosh, like I meant to do this. I love it. It was comfortable. It was great. And I just felt at home. Like this felt like a new home for me. And we had a blast and I was just so fortunate to work with such incredible people and I like to be in environments where I get to, It's another place where I get to just be me. I could say regular our comments real quick and I'm not in trouble.
0: No filter. It's hard to when you've been filtered for so long, you're like, oh, wait, what? I mean, I guess you get to be so unfiltered on the reality show and stuff, too. But still, like I always say, there's late night Nikki and there's Nikki
1: <laughs> and I get to be late night Nikki and I love it. It was like even doing AGT Extreme and working with those guys, Simon, Travis, and Terry. I was so blessed to work with like the most amazing guys in the industry for like a year and a half. It was just amazing.
0: Yeah. What do you want to do? Like, what would you want to host? You're really great at it. Thank you. Well, there'll be an
1: announcement soon of a new show that I'm hosting with Bree. We already filmed it, and it it was a dream come true. In a part of the industry that I'm absolutely obsessed with. So to get there to be the host and be at the front of it and see everything happen right then and there was amazing. I cannot wait for that to be announced. And I just want to continue to grow as far as like when I'm even more comfortable in hosting and doing even more. And um, it's like, I I told my team, I was like, I want, I need a hosting coach. I want to get better at this. I want to grow. And Brie and I have this dream to have our own talk show.
0: You guys would be great. You guys would really crush that, just because you guys you guys know how to push each other's buttons and like get people like outside of the box. It would be funny.
1: We make people talk like they they talk and then all of a sudden they're like, "Did I just did I just say that?" So that's that's pretty nice goal. And I just love transitioning into this area of TV, and I've realized how much I loved it. The whole acting thing. We actually have some discussions about. Movies in the future, but like small ones, because I can't go be on set for three months. Like 11 days has been the longest. I have been away from Mateo and I I don't think I could do anything more than 14 days. God, that must have been rough. He was so mad at me. He went to all the sets with me. So this was the Barmageddon and Nashville was the first one he didn't. Artem was home. So we're like, let's just keep him home. And it, what I've realized with Mateo is I can't FaceTime as much because it just makes him so upset. It was really tough. Even just being away from him this past Super Bowl week. I was like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to do it in a few months when I go film the next season? And are you going to be filming in
0: Nashville again? Yeah, that's pretty close to me. I think I should make a little trip down and come have a little hang. You have to. Yeah. A little four hour drive from Cincinnati and nothing. Okay. So you've got these other, you've got these shows happening. Is there anything else that is on the Nikki Bella vision board? Cause I know that you are a thinker and a doer and you kind of plot out all the things that you want to do. Is there anything else that maybe we don't know about? I mean, you guys wrote a very successful book. You have these other shows. Like, is there something else that, um, yeah, something that kind of tickles the old pickle that we don't know about? What I'm focusing a lot on now
1: is growing our wine brand worldwide. Um, Right now, we're in the process of starting a tasting room. So I think we finally found our spot, which will be a complete rebuild. But Brie and I want that. We have this dream of exactly how we want our tasting room to be like. So my focus is completely driven to um, if it's not TV stuff, I'm all about my wine and Bonita Bonita. And I told Brie, I'm like, at the end of this year, I want it to be available worldwide. And then I have a dream that I started to work on. And my team is like, can you do one thing at a time? And I'm like, no, I can't. But I really want a tasting room in Paris. And so that is a goal of mine. I have a whole vision board just for Bonita Bonita. I really want to get on. There's a list with wine enthusiasts that's the 40 under 40 of different things you've done in the wine industry. And my clock's ticking. So I was like, I'm getting on that list this year. I'm opening up a tasting room in Paris. We up a taste room in Napa Valley. And we are doing this shit with Bonita Bonita. We're working on like other things as far as canned tequila or agave wine and doing some other drinks that will either fall underneath that umbrella.
0: Shouldn't you or... get some like Russian vodka up in the house? I told Artem, I was like, come on, let's go. I mean,
1: I remember when we first started dating and like he'd take me to a few Russian spots and they're just sipping on vodka. I was like, God, what is your favorite Russian dish? He does these dumplings that are like so amazing. I'm trying to think what's inside of it. They, You know, Russians do a lot of stews and I I like them. But when he makes
0: this type of dumpling that he grew up on, it is so yummy. Oh, my gosh. I'm starving right now. I just realized I haven't had breakfast. By the way, are you in California right now? You're home. Yeah. You knock out these interviews early in the morning, huh? I didn't even (laughs) think
1: today's no school. When did three-day weekends turn into like kids get Friday and Monday off?
0: Yeah, that's a lot of occupying some time. What are we going to do? Honestly, like Bree here in Tahoe
1: skiing. And she's like, do you guys want to come to Tahoe? I was like, no. Vacation sounds like being at home for the weekend.
0: Well, I'll let you get back to mom duty and uh, go find some things to do with Mateo. I really appreciate you hopping on here with me. You're absolutely crushing life. Continue to be an inspiration. And hopefully I'll get to see you soon. I know. Nashville. Nashville. Thanks to Nikki for hanging out with me, especially on a day off when you got your kid at home. Things to do, things to get done at my house, whenever it's just Nora and I. It's Elmo's World, a little Sesame Street, maybe a little fancy Nancy. Who could say? Going to the park? Mom things, mom life. Who can relate? Can we can we relate? Any moms out there, dads? Um, all right, guys, thanks for hanging out with me. Plenty more sessions to come. Uh, I think I know I've said this before, maybe on like my Instagram or something, but we've really got some really cool interviews, um, in the can already that'll be coming out in the next couple weeks. So stay tuned, like subscribe, check out the YouTube page. They will all live in all of those different many spaces until next time. This has been the sessions.